This message comes from NPR sponsor, Capella University. With Capella's FlexPath Learning Format, you can earn your degree online at your own pace and get support from people who care about your success. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Hey everyone, Bill Curtis here. If you're like me and you love the panelists on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, then check out the Wait, Wait stand-up tour. This fall, we're doing two shows in Michigan, October 21st in Ann Arbor and the 22nd in Kalamazoo. Both shows feature some of our funniest comedians. Alonzo Bowden is the host, along with Maz Jobrani, Helen Hong, and Nagin Farsad. See them live, uncensored, and uninterrupted by Peter Sagal. For tickets and information, go to nprpresents.org. From NPR and WBEZ Chicago, this is Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, the NPR News Quiz. Want to go really fast? Take the billet train. (laughs) Bill Curtis. And here's your host at the Studebaker Theater at the Fine Arts Building in Chicago, Illinois, Peter Sagal. Thank you, Bill. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, everybody. Great to see you. We have a fine show for you today. But before we start, we want to send our congratulations to the new British Prime Minister, Liz Truss, installed just this week. She took over just in time to make sure that she will be featured in the last episode of The Crown. (laughs) Good job, Liz. Later on, we're going to be joined by Abby Jacobson, creator and star of the new TV series, A League of Their Own. But first, it's your turn to tell us what your game is. The number to call is one wait wait That's one 888 Let's welcome our first listener contestant. Hi, you are on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Hi, Peter. Hi, who's this? This is Jody Jones from Goodlitzville, Tennessee. No, I don't think I know Goodlitzville, Tennessee. What do you, what do, you do for fun? Uh, I like to fish. You're a fisher. Hmm. A fi- what do you yep. say? You're a fisher person? A fisher woman? What does one say? What is the correct way? Um, a, a fisher woman, I guess. A fisher woman, right. Are you or one no, of the... an angler. An angler would be the Oh, that's her. good. That's classy. You're an angler. <laughs> oh, that, that Jody, she's always out there angling. Angling, yep. Well, welcome to the show, Jody. Let me introduce you to our panel this week. First, a contributor to CBS Sunday Morning and host of the podcast, Real Good. It's Faith Saley. Next is the host of the daily podcast, TBTL, as well as the public radio variety show, Livewire, which returns to the Alberta Rose Theater in Portland, Oregon, September 22nd. It's Luke Burbank. Hey there, Jody. Hey, Luke. And finally, a comedian you can see at the Capitol Center for the Arts in Concord, New Hampshire, on September 24th. You can also hear her weekly podcast, Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. That kind of gives it away. It's Paula Poundstone. So, Jody, welcome to our show. You know the job. Bill is going to read or perform three quotes in the week's news. Your job, identify or explain that. Do that two or three times. You win our prize. You ready to go? Yes. All right. Your first quote comes from someone we often rely on in times of need. Thank you, ma'am, for everything. That was Paddington Bear <laughs> on Paddington Bear's official Twitter account. Celebrating the life of someone who passed away this week at the age of 96. Who was it? That was Queen Elizabeth. Yes, Queen Elizabeth II. She ruled the United Kingdom for seven decades with grace and dignity. And as a last act of duty, she made sure not to leave us until her country was safe from Boris Johnson. The queen passed away peacefully in her home in the north of the country, surrounded by her loved ones and Prince Andrew. (laughs) So I read some amazing statistics about the queen's reign. For example, every single James Bond, every single James Bond, from Sean Connery to Daniel Craig, all served Queen Elizabeth. Think about that. Also, and this is amazing. Okay, I, I, I just have to say... It's not real. Right. <laughs> no, she, she, it, it, she, she reigned for so long. She was the world's longest reigning monarch in history. Yeah. And she, until she died at 96, and still somehow she was younger than Joe Biden. She, 
now uh, Charles is the king, Charles right? Is the king. That's is so right. weird to say, King Charles. King Charles. Isn't that well, a kind he, of well, dog? Yes, we, we have Spaniel. lost Queen Elizabeth. We have lost Queen Elizabeth II, but long live King Charles the best we can do. Yes. <laughs> I just weep for how ugly Canada's money is going to get. Well, that's the thing. No. All right. Like that's may, a major downgrade. That, that's, a, that's a downgrade. But if you want to cheer yourself up, think about the guy whose job it is is to engrave faces on the money. Oh Finally, God. he has paying work. Yeah, he hasn't, he hasn't worked in years. That's I know, it's, it's terrible. It's his grandson. One of the things that is happening for, is that everybody's title is changing. As we said, Prince Charles is now King Charles III. Uh, his heir to the throne, William, is now the Duke of Cornwall, soon to be the Prince of Wales. And Camilla Parker Bowles is now known as the king's uh, roommate. <laughs> Her royal side piece. Yes. <laughs> Here is your next quote. It's about a really big celebrity scandal. It's wonderful to be mm. back in New York. Um, I just popped very quickly to Venice to spit on Chris Pine. <laughs> that was the singer and actor at the center of a huge controversy swirling around the movie Don't Worry, Darling. A singer and actor that I think, Bill, you can make a nice career impersonating in parties. <laughs> Who reportedly, as part of this bizarre scandal, spit on his co-star Chris Pine? That's a tough one. I need a hint. Oh, well, his, here's one. His spit went in one direction. <laughs> oh. Let me do an intervention. Okay. okay. I don't shave my legs, so my legs are blank. Oh, oh, oh. Harry Styles? Yes, yeah. Harry Styles. <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> And by the way, Paula, is that true or just helpful? No, that's no. true. Harry, <laughs> Harry Styles, until Queen Elizabeth hogged all the limelight, the world was obsessed with all the gossip and backstabbing going on around the movie Don't Worry Darling, which had its premiere at the Venice Film Festival this week. And we have the dish for you. And before you ask, why is NPR doing, like, celebrity news? Well, let me tell you, nowhere else are you going to hear hot gossip about who hates whom. <laughs> I think it's hot goss. Hot goss. So anyway, let me try to summarize it for everybody. Uh, during the shooting of this movie, the director, Olivia Wilde, who was dating Ted Lasso, nicest guy in the world, allegedly had an affair with the film's star, Harry Styles. But Florence Pugh, the movie's leading lady, didn't like that. And so she allegedly tanked the press tour as revenge. And then, as the movie premiered at the very fancy Venice Film Festival, Harry Styles, who stars in the movie, allegedly spit on his co-star, Chris Pine, which, to be fair, is a traditional sign of respect among boy bands. <laughs> Perhaps I'm out of step with the country, but isn't there a possibility that there are uh, nuclear documents missing? <laughs> I'm sorry, Paula, fine, yes, whatever. Have you seen Chris Pine's hair? <laughs> yes, it amazing. It is so lush now. You just want to get up there and smell it. I'd it's also amazing. like to point out that Tom Baudet hawks a on me before every episode of Wait, Wait. <laughs> yeah. but that's just how he, quote, gets in the zone. Yeah, and that's how he marks you. It's a zone. performance <laughs> thing. All right, here is your last quote. The shirtless CEO will see you now. That was the Wall Street Journal reporting on the hut new status symbol that apparently all successful CEOs must have. What is it? Who? Um, I'll give you a hint. So when these guys are done crunching the numbers, they do crunches. Oh, they want the six-pack abs. Exactly, yes, six-pack yes. abs. That's right. That's the new status symbol. Jeff Bezos... Innovator, breaking ground once again, proving you can be absolutely jacked and not be hot. <laughs> According to the Wall Street Journal, posting shirtless pictures of yourself showing off your abs on Instagram is the new flex for the super rich and powerful, unlike the way it used to be when billionaires showed off their wealth and influence by all having gout. <laughs> Honestly, I think it looks weird on Warren Buffett. Yeah, it doesn't, <laughs> something off about it. Right. Um, so apparently, yes, this is not just a couple of guys. It's a general trend. A super wealthy CEOs, billionaires, they're all working out obsessively, filling the free time they used to spend hanging out with Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> 
They have holes in their schedule. We have to do something to distract from the jokes we made about the queen. (laughs) Do we know what their workout of choice is? I Uh, suspect they're all competitive with each other. You know, it's funny. There is one. uh, Most of them just posted the results. But Mark Zuckerberg, bless his heart, posted a video of himself with his jujitsu trainer sparring. Can you imagine that lucky guy who gets paid to beat up Mark Zuckerberg? (laughs) Bill, how did Jody do on our quiz? The lady from Goodlettsville won them all. Congratulations, Jody. Thank you so much for playing. Appreciate you catching us. Take care. Right now, panel, time for you to answer some questions about this week's news. Paula, since bosses have been monitoring how much work their employees are doing at their computers, employees have now fought back with a new device that allows them to do what? Ooh, ooh. Uh, like one of those things in your car that beeps when there's a cop nearby? No. Oh. No, no, no. Uh, Remember, so one thing that might help you is they can monitor your computer to see if you're using your computer, moving your mouse. And... So, so what are they doing? Then they're gaming or something? That, they, actually, it's a new device that does what for them? Uh, moves their mouse. Exactly right. Yeah. So they can pretend to be working. Meet the Jiggler, a device that you can attach to your computer mouse. Wait a second. I've met the Jiggler at my bachelorette party. (laughs) So everybody, this is called the Jiggler. It's a device that you attach to your mouse that keeps it moving in a lifelike way. Well, you do whatever you want so you can fool the computer into thinking you're working. For extra realism, every now and then, the Jiggler will occasionally scream at your computer and pound on the keyboard in rage. (laughs) But here's the thing, so apparently this works, but how does just moving your mouse around count as work? It's like, hey, Phil, you've been our most productive employee here at Just Point at Things Incorporated. (laughs) (laughs) I want to give you a promotion. a great job. So they're not, it's just movement. It's not even clicking. Eh? That, well, I might, it might click. I'm going to no, invent it shouldn't a clicker. Click. No, but like, I feel like if it starts clicking, that's really dangerous because you don't know what the jiggler is going to click on. No, you, you sure don't. want to turn that thing loose on your work computer? Coming up, make money now. Ask us how in our Bluff the Listener game. Call one wait wait to play We'll be back in a minute with more of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me from NPR. Hey, everybody. Before we get back to the show, a quick announcement that next week we are releasing our very first bonus episode for Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me Plus listeners. We'll talk about how the show gets made, what it's like to interview celebrities, and who survived the longest in our virtual staff, Hunger Games. Who killed Peter? I think I mercy killed you, because I felt so bad for you. I think this is all (laughs) believable. It's a 600-page PowerPoint, but we don't have to talk about it now. (laughs) That's in our bonus episode out Monday for subscribers. If you don't subscribe, don't worry. Nothing about our regular show is changing. You can continue to pay nothing for it. Even as we acknowledge you sometimes get what you pay for. There's a link where you can subscribe to Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me Plus in our episode notes. This message comes from NPR sponsor Hulu with Black Twitter, A People's History from Onyx Collective and Hulu. Directed by Prentice Penny, Black Twitter, A People's History tells the story of how Black voices found a new home online and blossomed into a force for change while laying down some hilarious tweets along the way. From the memes to the movements, see how this powerful community shapes culture, society, and politics. Black Twitter, A People's History premieres May 9th, streaming on Hulu. Hey, I hear you have a birthday coming up. Yeah, you. If you're listening to this, that means you have a birthday coming up eventually. And here at Life Kit, we want it to be a special one. Magic can happen and good luck can happen and serendipity can happen if we're open to it. How to have a good birthday, even if you're not a birthday person. That's on the Life Kit podcast from NPR. From NPR and WBEZ Chicago... This is Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, the NPR News Quiz. I'm Bill Curtis. We are playing this week with Luke Burbank. 
Paula Poundstone, and Faith Saley. And here again is your host at the Studebaker Theater in Chicago, Illinois, Peter Segel. Thank you, Bill. Right now, it is time for the Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me Bluff the Listener game called one wait wait to play our game in the air. Hi, you're on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Hey, Peter. It's Mitch from Whitefish Bay, Wisconsin. Whitefish Bay. I know where that is. What do you do up there? I run my own LLC. I used to be in sports radio, so I do a lot of corporate fundraising and just anything sports in the community. You worked in sports radio? Were you broadcasting games? Were you doing like a call-in show? What were you doing? Uh, The call-in shows. I have listened to sports radio. And sports radio is great because there are all these tremendous arguments about things that mean nothing. (laughs) Right? And do you guys get actually upset about the things you are professing to be upset about? How could he do that? How could he pull that player? How could he take that shot? Or are you just pretending? There are definitely people who take an argument that they don't believe in. Yes. But you can tell that pretty mm-hmm. quickly. Right. Okay. Because I was just curious because I've been faking this for years. But <laughs> All right. Well, my, Mitch, welcome to the show. You're going to play the game in which you must try to tell truth from fiction. Bill, what is Mitch's topic? Stop struggling, artist. It is really hard to make money as an artist. Uh, Even Picasso, Van Gogh, Frida Kahlo, not one of them owned a Tesla during their lifetime. (laughs) This week, though, we heard about a really unique way some artists are managing to cash in. And our panelists are going to tell you about it. Pick the one who's telling the truth, and you will win the wait waiter of your choice on your voicemail. Are you ready to play? I am ready. All right, Mitch, here we go. First, let's hear from Paula Poundstone. Mimes are among the Americans that have returned to work after the devastation to the employment rolls caused by COVID-19, and business is good. That's right. Mimes are back, and they know what you've been saying about them. They've heard you try to make yourself seem all hip or masterpiece theater by saying, I hate mimes. Just because they don't talk doesn't mean they don't hear. (laughs) Well, the new breed of mimes is ready for you. They don't work solo anymore. Now, when you see a mime pitching an imaginary ball or climbing a set of stairs that aren't there on the Boston Common, as the show begins, security mimes take their positions on their knees surrounding the performer. The security mimes shoulder air rifles made of air. (laughs) They talk into their invisible radios, clipped to their invisible vests. Well, they don't talk, but they move their lips. Go ahead. Just try dissing a mime. Mime security will grab a non-existent fire hose and it'll sure look like you're going to be blasted with water. The mimes are raking in the real money, too, because if you don't pay, they'll put you in a box. The new mime isn't putting up with your crap anymore. Mimes not afraid to finally gang up on you. Your next story of money for a master comes from Luke Burbank. Great art is rarely appreciated in its time. At least that's what Glenn Douglas of Tampa, Florida told himself back in 2021 when his work as a freelance marble sculptor started drying up. Turns out people just aren't looking for statues of small cherubs and Roman figures urinating perpetually into fountains the way they once did. But Glenn knew he was talented, and so like any smart business person, he pivoted and started making hyper-realistic marble statues that his customers can use to make it look like they're on a work Zoom call, when really they're off doing whatever they want. When you look at the shadows created by the average ring light, you really need the depth and dimensionality of an actual marble bust for it to be truly convincing, Douglas told the Tampa Times last week. For a mere $30,000... Douglas's company, Statue of Unlimitation, promises your boss will have no idea you're actually off whitewater rafting or parasailing or just living your life, all while your sucker co-workers are stuck on Zoom having to act excited that Connie is finally back from gallbladder surgery. A marble sculptor finds a business sculpting replicas of people to stand in for them during Zoom meetings. Your last story of an artist earning comes from Faith Saley. Musician Matt Farley, who goes by the artist's name Toilet Bowl Cleaners, never expected to make a lot of money as a musician until one day his checks from Amazon Music started getting a lot bigger. And it was all due to his songs like I Poop With My Dog 
and his biggest hit, Poop, 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 Poop Song. As it turns out, when young children find out there's a magic device in your kitchen you can boss around, they all do the same thing. They yell, hey, Alexa, poop. And when they do, Alexa, being obedient, plays songs about poop. There are enough poop-themed songs for any kind of music lover, young or old, but probably young. There are ukulele-based folk songs. There are some rock and roll songs with heavy guitar licks like Poopy Stupid Butt. Matt Farley, like the other poopy artists, never expected to make a windfall from preschoolers shouting naughty words, but he doesn't mind telling BuzzFeed, quote, I lucked out because smart devices weren't even a thing when I wrote my first poop song, but it turns out I was biding my time unaware. And parents, listening to poop songs is your duty. (laughs) Don't pretend you've never asked Alexa to fart. All right, here are your choices. Somewhere, formerly starving artists are making a living in a unique way. Is it from Paula, mimes realizing they'd make a lot more money if they ganged up to intimidate the audience silently? From Luke Burbank, a marble sculptor who provides beautiful, realistic busts that can be used to pretend you're there at a Zoom meeting. Or from Faith, musicians who are making money because their poop songs get played when little children shout the word poop at smart speakers. Yeah, I liked Paula's story because who hasn't been trapped in a box by mimes before? I mean, haven't we all been there? But I do have to say, as the father of two daughters, uh-huh. I've made up many, many poopy songs myself. I gotta go with Faith and the poopy diaper. Right. Okay. So your choice is Faith. But certain musicians who write songs on a certain theme get paid when little kids shout the word poop. Well, to bring you the correct answer, we spoke to one of the artists who has been cashing in. All the voice-activated Alexa stuff started (laughs) happening. Then kids didn't even need to know how to spell in order to search for a poop song. And um, ka-ching. Yeah, there you go. That was songwriter Matt Farley who makes a living off SEO-friendly poop songs being streamed by Amazon. Congratulations, Mitch. You got it right. You earned a point for faith. You've won our prize, the voice of your choice. On your voicemail, such a good job. Congratulations, Mitch. Awesome. Thank you so, so much for having me. Bye-bye. To the music tonight. And now the game where we ask people who've done a lot of things to do the one thing they forgot to do along the way. It's called Not My Job. Abby Jacobson first became famous for producing, writing, and starring in the hit comedy central show Broad City. Her new TV show, which she also both created and stars in, is based on the great movie A League of Their Own about women baseball players during World War II. In this version, we find out there is a lot more than just crying in baseball. Hmm. Abby Jacobson, welcome to Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Thank you. So the new show is called A League of Their Own. And I'm I'm assuming after the success of Broad City, you, you had some freedom to do what you wanted. So why did you do this? Why did you decide to do a TV show based on this classic movie from the early 90s. You know, Will Graham, who uh, co-created with me, asked me to do this with him in 2017. So I was still doing Broad City when we began. And so it's been a long time. I, I mean, I love the, the movie just like every other person yes. in the world. Um, and, you know, it was never intended to, to be a remake. It was really about telling the stories that we felt were overlooked and sort of that Penny Marshall couldn't tell in 92 or I guess 90 when she made it. And, um, yeah, I think if you watch it, you really see how much we love the film and how different it is and how much, you know, the stories are really different. And so that was what was most exciting. Abby, are, are you a good baseball player? For real? I am. I played softball as a kid. Soccer was really my main sport. I'm, I'm okay. But, you know, we trained with this organization called Baseball for All, and we're basically being trained and practicing with the modern-day versions of the characters we're playing. Right. And we went out and had catches a bunch before, and we were like, we're pretty good. Like, we still got it. And then we show up, and, uh, you, you know, to see them – throw the ball from third to first base and you're like, okay, I can't, 
<laughs> and you're like, bring in the CGI, quick. But truly, it's like they're they're professionals. It's like you, I can't, I can't do that. I, I always ask uh, whenever I'm talking to an actor who has played a superhero. I always ask him or her, uh, now that you've trained as a superhero, could you beat somebody up? And they always say, yes. Um, so my question to you is, could you, wow. Abby Jacobson, go out and actually play baseball right now? <laughs> No. <laughs> you know what? I, I, I could. I think it's like since, <laughs> to be honest, we had this um, this game uh, where we had all these like professional athletes from other sports play, and I got so nervous. It was in L.A., and I didn't want to play. I think because there's so much pressure now and like eyes on me playing. Yeah. That I do not want to play in public. <laughs> was this like an MTV rock and jock situation, or it, it felt like that? Yeah, it felt like that. Or is there like a uh, secret society of famous people playing baseball together in LA? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Was Chris Pine and Harry Styles there? <laughs> and are they cool? They were both not there. Definitely not, <laughs> not there. there. No. Uh, uh, but it was very cool, but I chickened out and didn't, I didn't play. So what's interesting to me is like, you are a TV star who has done everything from, oh, all kinds of things, sex scenes and drugs. You opened this show by running down a antique train uh, platform uh, with your uh, bra hanging out. Um, and you're telling me, but you're too shy to play baseball in front of people watching. Yeah. Yeah. Could 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 you play on a congressional level? <laughs> you mean like the congressional baseball team? Yeah. That's an odd question. You know question. what? I think I could. You yeah. think you could beat those sons of guns? Yeah, yeah, I think I could. Right. Wait, you think you could run faster than Mitch McConnell? <laughs> <laughs> Get real abs. And of course, and this is the great thing, because I understand this is, of course, you did this for Amazon. It's on Amazon Prime. So just like the Lord of the Rings, you were given a billion dollar budget, right? Yeah, yeah. We, so much of our show is similar to that uh, production. Because <laughs> your show just came out. Including the... viewership. And, yeah, yeah. Um... Did you get notes from the network asking you to involve more wizards? <laughs> yeah, did you? You haven't, you, you obviously haven't seen it. Admittedly, I haven't had a chance to watch it yet, but yeah. I assume yeah, it's mostly see. Sauron. There's, a, there's, a, there's actually a couple wizards. Oh, okay. Yeah. She comes back. And, you know, in 92, Penny couldn't put wizards in. That's true. And now we have the technology it's to do It's all about it. representation. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. So, it's great. Yeah. Well, Abby Jacobson, we are delighted to talk to you, and we've asked you here to play a game we're calling... A League of My Own. So you created and are starring in A League of Their Own, so we thought we'd ask you about the XFL. <laughs> that was a football league created in 2001 when the World Wrestling Federation decided they wanted a league of their own, but it only lasted one season. <laughs> Answer two out of three questions about the XFL and its brief life, and you will win our prize for one of our listeners. Bill, who is Abby Jacobson playing for? Aaron Lee of Portland, Oregon. All right, here's your first question. The XFL promised to make the game more exciting, so they changed up things like the traditional pre-game coin toss. How did the XFL determine which team got the ball first? Was it A, straight up cash auction for it, <laughs> B, they held a pre-game egg toss, whoever wins gets the ball, or C, they put the ball on the 50-yard line, blew a whistle, and a player from each team would run out and fight for it? I'm going to go with C. You're right, Abby. Yes, that's what they did. And in the very first game, when they tried this to start the game, one of the players uh, dislocated his shoulder and missed the rest of the season. Mm. Wait, I got to say, that sounds really exciting. I, I'm going to tell you the truth. I, I am not that much of a football fan, but for some reason, I was really intrigued by this league when they announced it. I was like, all right, I will watch this, Vince McMahon. Yeah. You have convinced me. And so I was actually watching on live television when this happened, and it was the most horrifying thing I've ever seen. <laughs> These two grown men having to fight for a ball for money. It was just the worst. All right, moving on. Your next question. The XFL ownership wanted the cheerleaders to be a bigger part of the game experience. How did they get them more involved in the game? A, cheerleaders were officially encouraged to date the players... B, the fans who cheered the loudest earned three points for the team. Or C, they were given personal information about the opposing players' families to work into their cheers. 
even though I think this is ridiculous, I want to say A. Yes, that's in fact what they did. They, uh, gave, they, gave, they encouraged the cheerleaders to date the players. The cheerleaders did not like this very much, but nonetheless. All right, you have one more chance. Here we go. If you get this, you're perfect. Um, the XFL's footballs looked awesome. Black with a big red X on them. One problem, though, what? A, they were round. <laughs> B, when they got wet, the black dye would run, making the ball so slippery they had to be rubbed down with sandpaper. Oh, they would have looked like Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> They did play one game at Four Seasons Landscaping no. towards the end of the season. No, this all happened when we liked him, just so you know. Or C, during night games, the balls were hard to see against the night sky, so receivers kept getting hit in the face. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I'm going to go with C. You're going to go with C. No, actually, in this case, it was B. Oh. The dye slit, the dye sort of... What was, what's the correct word? It ran. It, it Giuliani. Giuliani, and the ball got slippery. In fact, it got to the point where um, the home team, their crew, would sand their balls when they and not sand the other team's balls. And I mean that when I say that. I mean football. Wasn't that Tom Brady's grandfather, James Brady? I think so. He did perfected that move. Yes. Wow. Uh, Bill, how did Abby Jacobson do in our quiz? Abby, you got two out of three, and here, that is a win. Congratulations. One more plaudit. Abby Jacobson is the star of Amazon Prime's League of Their Own. It's streaming now. Abby, thank you so much for joining us on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, Abby. Take care. Thanks, Abby. In just a minute, you'll never guess who's smizing on the catwalk. It's a fashion backward listener limerick challenge. Call one triple eight. Wait, wait to join us on the air. We'll be back in a minute with more. Wait, wait, don't tell me from NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor BritBox, helping people discover a world of British TV, including new original drama Time, starring Jodie Whittaker, Tamara Lawrence, and Bella Ramsey. Streaming at BritBox.com/NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor Osea. This Mother's Day, treat mom to Osea's limited edition skincare sets. Go to OSEAMalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off your first order site-wide. Summer is for going to the movie theater because it's too hot to stay home. It's for driving with the windows down, listening to your favorite music. It's for stretching out while you're on vacation to gobble up a TV show. For a guide to some of the TV, movies, and music we are most excited about this summer, listen to the Pop Culture Happy Hour podcast from NPR. On It's Been a Minute, we're keeping you in the know when it comes to culture. I break down the latest trends and the forces behind them, and introduce you to the creatives who think deeply about how we live today. Come for some good old cultural analysis and have a few laughs with me. Listen to the It's Been a Minute podcast from NPR. From NPR and WBEZ Chicago, this is Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. The NPR News Quiz. I'm Bill Curtis. We are playing this week with Paula Poundstone, Luke Burbank, and Faith Saley. And here again is your host at the Studebaker Theater in Chicago, Illinois, Peter Sagal. Thank you, Bill. Thank you, everybody. In just a minute, Bill insists there's no rhyming in baseball in our Listener <laughs> Limerick Challenge game. If you'd like to play, give us a call at one wait wait That's one 888 Right now, panel, some more questions for you from this week's news. Faith, Amazon and other companies are spending billions of dollars to perfect delivery robots, but it turns out there's something the robots at this point for all their high tech cannot handle. What? Is it a human interaction thing? No, it is not. No. Something much can, more basic. Uh, can I have a hint? Well, they're constantly stepping on the crack and breaking their motherboards back. They, they, they can't walk on the sidewalk? Exactly. They can't deal with sidewalks, <laughs> which is a bit of a problem. Yeah, so this pilot program um, deployed delivery robots in four different American cities to observe how they worked. And they found that these delivery machines won't be stopped by rain, nor heat, nor gloom of night, but they simply just can't when it comes to sidewalks. In one city, they kept running into like the trees and bushes that overgrow onto the sidewalks. They just, boom, boom, they can't get around them. And in Detroit, different problem, they couldn't get across the wide boulevards before the light changed. 
And the Detroit <laughs> residents all shouting, there it is, get it, didn't help either. Are, are, so are these robots like we think of in a kid's cartoon? No, like they with are legs not. And here, they are I not. Come. They, they no? look like very sort of sleek, modern uh, Beverage coolers on wheels. <laughs> yeah, these, these robots look like, or these whatever they are, they look like the robot that's getting its feet burned in one of the Star Wars movies. There is a robot that There's gets its a weird, feet burned? Yes, for some reasons. Anybody? I didn't imagine this, right? Thank you. There's like a robot that's upside down, and for some reason they're going to brand its feet, and it's like just saying no in its robot voice. And that's kind of what these ones look like. You've seen them? I mean, I've seen pictures of them. Ah, okay. So they're not, they're still being tested. They're yes. not out and about. Yes. So it's weird because they've been testing these things for a while. And, and, and it turns out they work great in like suburban environments, but the moment they get into a real city, they completely fall apart. Just like your aunt. <laughs> Faith, a man has invented a new kind of lawnmower that cuts grass with a powerful laser rather than metal blades. But he says there's one small problem with it he has to fix. What is it? That the laser burns holes into the earth. Not into the earth. Uh, okay, the laser burns holes. Uh, in a specific way. It's like, it's great. I love the smell of fresh cut grass, and it's good I do because I can't see it anymore. It burns your eyes? Exactly. If you look at the lasers that it uses for even a nanosecond, Whoa. you'll be blinded for life. It's a problem. <laughs> wow. Invention. Well, the, mo the mower, I mean, think about it. You're trying to mow grass with lasers, right? So the, it uses a laser that is described as 8,000 times as powerful as a laser pointer, unquote. So it's also useful for putting a hole through your cat. <laughs> you have cats coming over from other counties right. to just stare at the yard. <laughs> right. And then and they if, all if you were, leave if, blind. If you were to, like, pick it up because it got jammed and it got you in the eye, you'd be blinded for life. But to be honest, haven't you always thought you'd look cool with an eye patch? I mean, come on. Another problem with this amazing, innovative new lawn mayor, it takes about a week to mow one small lawn. What? It, why, why are we even talking? Why does this exist? <laughs> well, because it's a prototype. He's working on the idea. Someday, you know, maybe he'll improve it, and it will come out and blind eight people in a minute. <laughs> um, so it takes you a week to mow your... Lawn. This robotic lawnmower with a laser takes at oh, this point. So it's like a Roomba, so you don't have to be there for it? Well, you can't get anywhere near it. It'll kill you. <laughs> it makes sense when yeah. you think about it. Yeah, right? no, my dishwasher's like that. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever makes me blind, you are always on my mind. I try to search for all the little signs. Whatever makes me blind. Coming up, it's lightning fill in the blank, but first it's the game where you have to listen for the rhyme. If you'd like to play on air, call and leave a message at one triple eight. wait wait That's 1-888-924-8924. Come and see us here most weeks at the Studebaker Theater in Chicago. Also, the Wait Wait stand-up tour is on the road now, including Eugene, Oregon, and Kalamazoo, Michigan, among others. Go to nprpresents.org for the current schedule and for more details. Hi, you're on Wait Wait, Don't Tell Me. Hi, this is Darla DeMauro from Wayne, Pennsylvania. Wayne, Pennsylvania. Okay, what do you do there? So I own a company called Heartwork Organizing, and we organize family photo collections for people all over the country. God, I need you. Listen, can, we, can I just get on the phone with you privately? Because I'm one of those people who just keeps <laughs> taking pictures, and I've got 6,000 of them on my phone, and I have no idea what to do now except get a new phone. Yep, so call me after. We'll, we'll take care of you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But so once they transfer, so someone will just basically download or send you a giant trove of pictures that they are too busy to look through, right? Do you ever see yeah. some stuff? Oh, yeah. That's another question, isn't it? Oh, gosh. You know, in the hundreds of thousands of photos that we've seen, um, we haven't seen too many things that we can't unsee. <laughs> um, but the thing that sticks with me the most is that we were all pretty much the same person at prom. <laughs> That's comforting. What percentage of proms have the theme enchantment under the sea? Oh, my God. Well, mine was. I'm sure yours was. So right there, that's 100% out of two, right? There you go. Well, Darla, welcome to the show. You know what you're going to do. You're going to complete two out of three limericks with the last word or phrase missing. Each of them is about something we found in the news. Do that two times out of three, as I said, and you will win our prize. Are you ready to play? I am. Let's right. do it. Here is your first limerick. The puffy shirts, sure. 
that design smelled, but our model and our fashion line gelled. His show's about nothing, but we are not bluffing. What's the deal with couture, Jerry? Seinfeld. Jerry Seinfeld. Yes, Yes, Jerry Seinfeld, who spent his career making fun of things like fashion and models, has become a fashion model, posing for the hip streetwear brand Kith. He hasn't really connected with a youth like this since he dated that high school student. (laughs) This uh, is an amazing photo spread because you have never seen probably Jerry Seinfeld this kind of like, you know, turned out. But you have to also realize, and you're going to think I'm joking, this same company used Steve Buscemi as their model previously. Right. So they do have a history with the unorthodox casting of their it is, cover it models. It is strange, and it's weird because what you They're remember... They're doing Gollum in like two months. Because the, these, <laughs> this clothing that he's wearing is like really elaborate, and, and you just think of like, didn't he do an episode about wearing a puffy shirt? Mm. And it's like that, but times And it's 10. way too youthful for somebody of his age. That's right. what I think the internet is responding to, because it's very like hype beast... And it's you're just... like, Forever 21 should be your girlfriends, not your clothing choices. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. I shop at Forever 62. <laughs> and you have, to change, you have to change stores every year. It's so frustrating. <laughs> All right, here is your next limerick. Young clubbers are learning old lingo. Give me G51, you old gringo. We're partying hard. Then we fill out our cards. At our retro rave, we all play bingo. Right, the latest nightlife craze in Liverpool, England. It's huge parties with loud music, dancers, lots of alcohol, and for the big event, bingo games. There are actual 20-somethings there who say, oh, God, I'm so hungover. I partied way too hard at bingo last night. (laughs) Do they still have those, like, um, daubers that have a troll-like doll head on them? I don't know. I don't know. What's a dauber? It's the thing, it's the ink thing that you mark your spot on the bingo. I used to play in a summer basketball league at the Wallingford Boys and Girls Club in Seattle. Sure. And this was in high school. But we would play the day after they had bingo. Right. There would be about 15 feet of cigarette smoke. Just still hanging from the rafters. (laughs) And just like daubers spent on this, like just grandma's gone wild the night before at the Boys and Girls Club. All right, here is your last limerick. Our Miss Fluffy will not stand back chat. And her hissing says, no more of that. When she's mewed or just purred, she would like to feel heard. So I'm glad I can translate my... Cat. Yes, my cat. There is now software that translates cats. It's called Meow Talk, and it uses a machine learning algorithm to decode cat sounds into human speech. The creators say, with 90% accuracy, which is suspicious because none of the things the cats presumably said were, guess where I just peed? (laughs) I mean, they're offering this because everybody says they want to know what their cats or pets are saying, but do you really want to know? Because cats have this, you know, this aura of elegance and and dignity. And and what if you finally understand what your cat is saying and it's like, uh, I was listening to Joe Rogan the other day, and he made a lot of great points. <laughs> it wasn't an insurrection. <laughs> it was a protest. Bill, how did Darla do in our quiz? It was the sound of victory. Three in a row, Darla. Congratulations, Darla. Yes. Well done. Thanks so much. Take care. There are a lot of issues on voters' minds right now. Six big ones could help decide the election. Guns, reproductive rights, immigration, the economy, health care, and the wars overseas. On the Consider This podcast from NPR, we will unpack the debates on these issues and what's at stake. You can listen to NPR's Consider This wherever you get your podcasts. Instead of scrolling mindlessly, engage mindfully with the NPR app. With a mix of on-demand news, stories from this station, and your favorite podcast, you can relax without shutting off your brain. Download the NPR app today. Now on to our final game, Lightning Fill-in-the-Blank. Each of our players will have 60 seconds in which to answer as many fill-in-the-blank questions as they can. Each correct answer now worth two points. Bill, can you give us the scores? Luke and Paula each have two. Faith has three. 
Okay, that means that Luke and Paula are tied. Faith is in first place. I am going to arbitrarily pick Paula to go first. The clock will start when I begin your first question. Fill in the blank, Paula. On Thursday, the Justice Department appealed a judge's decision to assign a special master to review the documents seized from Mar-a-Lago. Mar-a-Lago, that's right. On Wednesday, a leaked list of members of the far-right group blank included hundreds of public officials. The Oath Keepers. Right. This week, the EU proposed capping prices on gas imported from blank. Uh, Russia? Yes. On Thursday, the European Central Bank announced a massive rate hike to help fight blank. Inflation. Right. This week, massive solar storms caused a phenomenon scientists refer to as blank to be visible over Canada. Uh, a solar storm? No, they refer to this phenomenon of solar storms as Steve. <laughs> huh? No, I didn't know that. They well, there had you go. Steve there. On Wednesday, the White House unveiled the official portraits of the blanks. The Obamas. Right, the ribbon-cutting celebrating a new bridge being opened in the Democratic Republic of Congo was cut short when blank. Uh, the bridge fell. Yes. It was cut short when they cut the ribbon and the whole bridge collapsed. Oh, my God. That was gosh. a load-bearing ribbon. It was, you know. <laughs> Somebody just waved those big scissors around just way too much. It really was a mistake to try to build an all-ribbon bridge. Bill, how did Paula do in our Remarkably, six right, 12 more points, total of 14. She's in the lead. All right. Well, Luke, you are up next, fill in the blank. On Tuesday, the UN's atomic watchdog called for a safety zone around a nuclear plant in blank. Uh, North Korea. No, Ukraine. Due to immense flooding, officials say that over one-third of blank is now underwater. Pakistan. Right. This week, the second suspect in a mass stabbing in blank died in police custody. Saskatchewan. Right. On Tuesday, e-cigarette company blank agreed to pay a $438 million fine for advertising to teens. Jewel. Right. After a power outage hit his clinic, a doctor in Texas performed the first ever blank using an electric truck as a generator. Heart surgery. No close vasectomy. On Thursday, Chevy announced (laughs) the 2024 Equinox, their newest all blank vehicle. Electric. Yes. On Wednesday, the U.S. surpassed 20,000 cases of blanky box. Monkey. Right. (laughs) A flight out of Newark was canceled when it ran out of fuel after blanking. Um... Uh, driving around the tarmac for over two hours. Uh, I'm going to give it to you. Taxiing on the runway for eight and a half hours. Whoa. Yeah. You know what's worse than taxiing in an airplane for eight and a half hours? Taxiing in an airplane for eight and a half hours and still being in Newark. Bill, how did Luke do in our quiz? Luke, you got six right, 12 more points, and you tie, Paula, with 14. All right, so how many, then, does Faith need to win this? Six to win. Here we go, Faith. This is for the game. On Thursday, former Trump advisor Blank was arrested and charged with money laundering and conspiracy. Steve Bannon. Right. On Sunday, Death Valley hit a temperature of 127 degrees, setting the record for blankest September day in recorded history. Hottest. Right. This week, Vladimir Putin announced he would be meeting with the president of blank. North Korea. No, China. On Wednesday, a judge ruled that Elon Musk can amend his countersuit against blank to include a whistleblower's security complaint. Twitter. Right. After using a hydrogen balloon to try to collect some nuts from a tree, a man in China blanked. Uh, set sail for two days. Right, and traveled 200 miles. During their annual developers conference, Blank unveiled the iPhone 14. Apple. Right, on Wednesday, NASA announced they'd picked the spacesuit maker for the astronauts who would walk on the Blank. Moon. Right, this week a man in New Jersey crashed his brand new sailboat after he Blanked. Uh, looked at his lawnmower cutting grass. No, after mm-hmm. he set it on autopilot and went to use the bathroom. The man was in the bathroom for so long that the autopilot turned itself off. In fact, he would have known if he'd brought the boat's instruction manual along for reading material. <laughs> Bill, did Faith do well enough to win? She got six. Right. Twelve more points. She squeezed out a total of 15 for the win this week. Congratulations. Well done, Faith. Your studying paid off. <laughs> In just a minute, we're going to ask our panelists, after six-pack abs, what will be the next rich CEO status symbol? 
Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me is a production of NPR and WBEZ Chicago in association with Urgent Haircut Productions, Doug Berman, Benevolent Overlord. Philip Godica writes our limericks. Our public address announcer is Paul Friedman. Our tour manager is Shana Donald. Thanks to the staff and crew at the Studebaker Theater. Our BJ Litterman composed our theme. Our program is produced by Jennifer Mills, Miles Drumboss, and Lillian King. Our production assistant is Sofia Hernandez-Semionidis. Special thanks to Julia Young this week. Long live Peter Gwynn. Technical direction is from Lorna White. Thanks also to Gary Yak. Our CFO is Colin Miller. Our production manager is Robert Newhouse. Our senior producer is Ian Chillog, and the executive producer of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me is Michael Danforth. Now, panel, what would be the next status symbol for CEOs? Luke Burbank. Human decency. Never going to work. Faith Saley. Home delivery of 3D meat made out of Elon Musk's pot belly. <laughs> and Paula Poundstone. Face tattoos that say, you so wish you were me. <laughs> well, depending on that happens, we're going to ask you about it on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Thanks, Bill Curtis. Thanks also to Luke Burbank, Faith Saley, and Paula Poundstone. Thanks to our fabulous audience here at the Studebaker Theater. You're amazing, each and every one of you. Thanks to all of you for listening at home. I am Peter Sagal. We will see you next week. This is NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor, BetterHelp. When you're carrying around a lot of stress, therapy is a safe space to get it off your chest. If you're considering therapy, give BetterHelp a try at betterhelp.com NPR to get 10% off your first month. This message comes from Capital One, offering commercial solutions you can bank on. Your business faces specific challenges and unique opportunities. That's why Capital One offers a comprehensive suite of financial services, custom-tailored to your short- and long-term goals. Backed by the expertise, strategy, and resources of a top-10 commercial bank, a dedicated team works with you to support your success and help achieve your goals. Explore the possibilities at CapitalOne.com commercial. Pro-Palestinian protests have popped up on college campuses across the country. But from the eyes of students, what are we missing? From the outside, these protests are painted as really violent when that couldn't be further from the truth. I'm Brittany Luce, host of NPR's It's Been a Minute, and I'm inviting you to hear from student journalists who see what the rest of us cannot. On It's Been a Minute from NPR.